few weeks ago, I was uh, standing over a kitchen sink full of dirty dishes and listening to the radio. It was one more analysis of this election cycle, another story about strategy, a new revelation of who did or said what, another example of projecting and transmitting pain onto someone else. And like many of you, I have listened to the debates, I've read countless articles trying to discern fact from tactics of persuasion. I've been disgusted by the level of political discourse. I've attended rallies, I've knocked on doors. The frameworks of racism and misogyny that are the live realities of communities of color, immigrant communities and women have been laid bare for the white liberal voter, and there is nowhere to hide. Regardless of what side you're on or what group or groups you belong to, the wind tunnel of fear and accusation is getting cranked up to a high worrying pitch, and many of us are walking around with wind burn, exhaustion, and a sense of foreboding. And I stood over my pile of dirty dishes, the physical manifestation of the dirty dishes of trepidation, anxiety, anger, discomfort that are piled up in my psyche, and I shut that radio off. And then this stunning question that Richard Rohr poses rose to the surface of my psyche. Is your religion helping you transform pain? And then the follow-up kicker. If it's not, it is junk religion. I cannot think of a better question to ask of ourselves, to ask of our faith and this faith community. Does this faith help you to transform pain into compassion? Does this faith help you engage, build up, and repair the moral infrastructure of our society and work for the good of the whole? Will this faith help you get up on November 9th with all the absurdities, the disappointments, the missed opportunities, and help you to move forward regardless of who wins. Every religious household has its wisdoms to share and its drawbacks, but at the heart of it all, they all begin from the standpoint that life isn't easy and we need help. That's what religions do. Philosopher and devout atheist Alain de Bouton says, religions recognize that we need constant public reminders of the importance of being good and being kind. That this is something religions really get right. I would add that every religious tradition or household espouses different spiritual technologies to help us sit in the real discomfort and suffering of living in order for pain to be transformed into compassion. Technologies that help us step out of our ruts 
and start searching for different ways or truer answers, as Scott Peck puts it. This month, our worship theme is Making Space for Discomfort, and my friends, we are in a heap of discomfort right now. At the heart of our faith tradition is a call for authenticity, something more than junk religion. We root ourselves in a free and responsible search for what sets our hearts and minds ablaze with awe and goodness and meaning. We say faith is for engaging in this world now and not waiting around for the hereafter. We understand ourselves as co-creators with whatever is good and grace-filled in the world and work to bring heaven on earth. Over and over again, our ancestors said no to junk religion and yes to a life of transformation inside and out. As we approach November 8th, this time of deep engagement and discomfort, I want to share two spiritual practices that have consistently helped me navigate my fear, my exhaustion, that consistently revive my spirit and help me move back in the world, engage, help me transform pain rather than transmit it. One practice comes directly out of our Unitarian Universalist root system, and the other comes from the Tibetan Buddhist practice of meditation, a practice that I adopt gratefully and faithfully. The first is a technology innovated by Jesus. Now, we may not want to acknowledge that Jesus is one of our wisdom teachers, but he is one of our wisdom teachers. And the patterns of his spiritual practice course through our universalist faith today, even though we may not be conscious of that root system. At the heart of Jesus' spiritual practice was putting himself in places of intersectionality, places where he would meet, confront, and affirm the other. And when I use the word confront, I mean making no assumptions about the other person. Jesus was always aware of meeting the whole and holy in someone else. He sat and ate with all kinds of different people in a society that had many different castes of people. He ate with prostitutes, the tax collectors. He confronted the rich and the outcast. He kept saying, in essence, don't just hang out with people you are comfortable with. Hang out with people that you're not comfortable with. That's where God lives. In the discomfort, he was constantly shaking up people's sense of community and messing with their perceptions of what was possible. He would say things like, you're blessed when you care. At the moment of being careful, you find yourself cared for. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there is more of God. You're blessed when you're content with just who you are, no more, no less. That's the moment you find yourselves 
proud owners of everything that cannot be bought. You're blessed when you get your inside world, your heart, your mind put right, and then you see the awesome in the outside world. You see the awesome everywhere. This consistent message of Jesus was to seek out those places of intersectionality and live there. We are practicing and encouraging the spiritual practice of intersectionality all the time. In our everyday lives, in our racial justice work, in our social justice activities, we are seeking out intersections of people. We are seeking out places of discomfort, knowing that when we hold an open-hearted space for others, for situations of vulnerability, for that really uncomfortable conversation, a piece of our wholeness is restored. And something in the greater world is put right. That is one of our spiritual technologies. Another powerful spiritual practice that puts my inner world and outer world in right relationship is called Tonglen meditation. It's another practice of intersectionality, but it works at it a little bit different way. It is meant to awaken the compassion that is inherent in all of us. So you begin by claiming exactly how you feel, what you are experiencing at this moment, and you don't try to run from it. You don't try to run from your anger or make excuses for this sense of jealousy you might have or your sense of exhaustion. Instead, you take your seat squarely within the suffering of this moment and you breathe it in. And as you exhale, you breathe out confidence and compassion and relief. And the next step is very important. You widen that circle as you breathe in, bringing to mind all those who share in this very same pain right now. Those who are stuck in anger, those who feel unseen, those who feel put upon, those who are suffering. For example, I breathe in anger and hold all of those who are in anger with me at this very moment. Then I breathe out confidence and compassion and relief. What Tonglen does is reverses the usual logic of avoiding suffering and in the process liberates us into love for both ourselves and others. Tonglen transforms pain into compassion and introduces us to a far larger view of reality. So I'd actually like to lead you in a short practice of Tonglen meditation right now to fortify us for the days to come. And so I ask you to take a moment and really get here. Place your feet on the floor. Put down whatever you have in your hands. Just place your hands lightly on your thighs and then soften your gaze letting your eyes be half open, half closed, or closed. 
Now just rest your mind briefly for a second or two in this state of openness and stillness. Now I ask you to work with texture. Breathe in completely through all the pores of your body and as you breathe out, radiate out completely through all the pores of your body. Bring to mind a personal situation, any painful situation that is real to you right now. If you are feeling inadequate, breathe in inadequacy. If you are feeling trepidation, breathe in trepidation. If you are feeling anger, breathe in anger. And as you breathe out, breathe out confidence, compassion, and relief. Finally, widen that circle. Breathe in the particular of your discomfort and include all those who are feeling that discomfort or whatever that is that has you trapped right at this moment. And then breathe out relief. Breathe out compassion. Sit in this compassionate exchange for just a minute. Come back into this space as you feel comfortable, blinking your eyes open. Take a few deep breaths. Be aware that we are in this sanctuary together. In the next couple of days, and in the days to come, may you remember that you are part of a transformative faith one that calls you into intersectionality inside and out. Go out and meet, confront and affirm the whole and holy in others. Build on our faithful ancestors who called us all to bring heaven on earth. May you lean into discomfort, whatever that may be, holding in your heart holding others in your heart, and breathe out compassion and relief. And may this foster a far bigger view of reality. Amen. <laughs>